Welcome back to the Big Easy Bets podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and with me in the studio, Nick Von Brick. With the first overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Nick Von Brick, Big Easy Bets University. Episode 81, uh, we are going to break down everything NFL Draft, uh, give you our picks, what we're taking, what we would stay away from, who we think deserves to go where, all that good stuff. Uh, But before we do that, we're going to break down a wild UFC 261, which if you didn't watch this, you missed potentially, I mean, the most exciting fight card that I've seen in a long time for good and bad reasons. And we can start with the bad first. Chris Weidman versus Uriah Hall. We both gave it out last episode. Nick gave it out first. It was his pick that he was most confident about. We both bet it. And God, it was easy money, unfortunately, for Chris Weidman. Um, Quickest bet we've ever won in our life, but it was like the saddest thing I've ever seen. You, I had to call you after this happened. So for those who don't know, um, five seconds into the fight, they meet in the middle. Chris Weidman throws a leg kick, and I mean, it just, it his leg just absolutely snaps. Snaps. It was disgusting. Um it happened so fast. My my initial thought when he threw it was, I was like, that was the loudest leg kick I've ever heard. That was the, the first thought that popped into my head. I was like, damn, like the smack of his leg. Um, and then you see him, so he kicks the right leg, and then he goes back. He goes back to step down. And uh, I don't know if you watch Harry Potter, but whenever he's, he breaks his arm playing Quidditch, they come try to fix it. And then all of a sudden, it's just flopping around like a little, like little rubber arm. That that's what his leg looked like. He goes to step on his shattered leg, and um, it's completely the opposite direction, and it's in a, it's at a forty-five degree angle, and he falls back. Um, it was the worst injury I've ever seen. Like I can't even, I can't even describe that accurately. Um, I saw Anderson Silva when he broke his leg, ironically on Chris Weidman. And I was like, damn, I was like, that sucks. That, that was brutal to see this one. I jumped out of my chair. I I jumped out of my chair. I literally like uncontrollably yelled. It was that bad. Um, you've seen the replay. You didn't watch it live, (laughs) but I fell asleep. Yeah. I called you and I was waiting for the main card to start and I was like, had it on my phone and it was playing there, and then, like, I guess it was taking forever, and Anthony Smith was about to fight, but I was like, yeah, I might be able to squeeze a nap in before this because <laughs> I, I didn't bet on that one. But, um, no, I woke up, and you were calling, or, like, it was right after you called me, and um, so I opened everything up to see what happened, and I saw that he won by TKO, but I didn't know what happened. So I called you back, and I was like, well, was the decision official? <laughs> yeah, you asked me like four times. You're like, well, so does it count, or did we win? I'm, or Yeah, that's what you kept saying. Like, did they go to decision? I'm like, it's it's over. There's no, there's no uh, like, you don't have to sweat out if we won the bet or not. I think we got it. Um, that was disgusting, though. Like, what, what were your thoughts on the injury itself? Yeah, I don't know, dude. It was like it's one of those things where I I do show people, but I only let them look at it one time. They they showed like two replays. Yeah. So I, we saw it live. Um, because I've been showing all people at work. Like I made 
I may not want this bet like this, <laughs> but I'll say I'm only going to show you once. Yeah, no, you don't need to see it more than it's once. It's like you don't really want to keep looking at it. No, it was, it, dude, the, oh, it was so bad. Um, We see it live. Nobody else wants to watch it again. I'm like, they're like, we're going to show you a replay. So I'm like, I got to I gotta watch it once. I'll watch it one time. I saw it live. I was like, I got to see it happen in the slow-mo replay. And God damn, I wish I did not watch it again. Um, I was literally thinking about it like before I went to bed that night. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be able to go to sleep. It was brutal. Um, allegedly, he had surgery, and his wife put on Instagram that he had surgery. Everything went well. Then he later posted x-rays before and after. He's got some pretty good uh, good-sized pins in multiple different spots in his leg. But th- the biggest thing was when he stepped on it. Yeah. When he stepped on it, it was like, oh, my God. You, you could hear Joe. It was either Joe Rogan or Daniel Cormier because you got everybody was yelling that, like, I was screaming. Everybody else was screaming. But you can hear it was either Joe Rogan or Daniel Cormier. And, I mean, they let out just the loudest scream you'll ever hear. I can only imagine what it was like to see that in person. Like, I, I dude, I, they said people were crying um, ringside. You remember Kevin Ware with Louisville? Do you remember that? Yeah. People were like, like his teammates were throwing up. It happened right in front of their bench. Mm-hmm. Pulls up for, I think he was defending the shot. Um, I remember watching it live. I'm pretty sure he went out to go contest a three and I guess stepped on the guy's leg. I don't really remember. I never watched a replay after that. And the shin bone popped out the front of the shin. And mm. it was like, oh my God. I remember watching it live. I was like, what the fuck just happened? And I mean, they're crying. They're throwing up. Like, I can't imagine seeing that in person. Um, but credit to the UFC. I mean, they got that pretty taken care of relatively quickly. They got the air cast on them um, pretty damn quick. It was, dude, it was so bad. It was horrendous. If you haven't watched it, watch it once and then don't watch it again. Um, but nonetheless, that's why I tweeted. It doesn't even feel right. But Uriah Hall, that was a big, easy bet. I mean, it was Nick's lock. I bet it. Um, I actually bet a good bit on it. I bet it straight up. I bet Uriah Hall to win by stoppage. So I bet him just a win to win by stoppage, and then I put him in a parlay that I hit. So, yeah, I was looking at the um, the TKO or like it not to go to Uriah Hall to win inside the yeah. distance. Yep. And it was just like I got it at plus one twenty for him just to win straight up, and um, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't yeah. much better of odds. So I was like, I'm not, I'm it's not like going to risk 40, it. Plus one forty, plus one fifty, something like yeah, that. Cause yeah, because in a three round fight, I mean it's. I still took Shit it. Shit goes a distance. Yeah, definitely. I still took it. Um, yeah, no, that was wild. I don't really have anything else in regards to that fight. I don't know if you do, but I try to block that out of my memory. Um, but then, so everything kind of picked up from there. So you, so you get, I mean, an adrenaline boost with that. Like I said, that was the bad. But then you got the good. Uh, you got Shevchenko, who absolutely dominated. Um whoever she fought doing a Russian tap dance after she wins. Um, it's always interesting to see. But then you got Thug Rose versus uh, Wei Li Zhang. Zhang Wei Li. I, know, I don't know yeah, which way say they it. say it. Um, they go backwards and it's forwards. Um, head kick, knockout, which was unexpected. Um, I fucked up, though. So I put Thug Rose in my parlay. But I bet I got cold feet right at the end, and I bet Whaley Zhang straight up. Um, um, I still profited good. 
but I would have profited more. Um, I didn't go crazy on the bet on Whaley, but it would have been nice to not get cold feet there at the end. But a devastating head kick knockout. Um, she's got Joe Rogan crying in the octagon. Um, you got any thoughts on that one? I mean, that was pretty impressive. I didn't expect it to go that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. She, um, she's dangerous. No, she's good. And it was basically why I was like gave it out because not because I thought she was going to knock her out, but because there was a multiple paths to victory. And, and what? Well, she's good on the ground too. Yeah, she's got submission ability for sure. Yeah, but it was mainly like the more technical striker was really Rose. The main thing you had to worry about with Wei Lee was if she was going to be able to withstand stand it like she did against uh, Joanna. When she could, she could overpower her too. I mean, she's or, or just out muscle her. She's definitely bigger and yeah. stronger. Um, but. But Nami Yunus has has some force in her hands, so she hits hard for her size, without a doubt. Um, but a head kick, first round head kick knockout. I mean, she was out, out, like didn't know what happened. Was pissed that um, that they stopped it. So, but so that was one of your other ones. Um, I don't know if I took it on the podcast, but I bet it in real life. Um, and then the main event, you got. Uh, Jorge Masvidal versus Kamaru Usman. Kamaru Usman's the best fighter in the UFC. I don't see how you can debate it at this point. You look at his resume. You look at the way he's beating these guys. Um, and absolutely devastating. Probably the cleanest right hand I've seen in UFC history. Yeah. Like, I couldn't tell. I, I mean, absolutely out on his feet. The, the sweat. The way he, I mean, just the force behind that punch. Um was extremely impressive. Landed it right on right where he needed to land it. Um perfect timing, perfect connection, put him to sleep. Um I say right hand because McGregor's knockout of Aldo was a left hand. So I mean, what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on on Usman? Would you agree? I don't see how you say um I don't see how you say anybody's better right now. Yeah, I mean, if you don't consider John Jones an active fighter then well that's true that's true and yeah and it's been it's been a while so when he comes back he could he could take over but but even then it's like I mean, if, if he beats in Nganu, then no yeah if he beats Nganu, then yeah you have a, a very a very good argument there but i mean jones look at jones against reyes he didn't look great jones against anthony smith he fought a good fight but he was just out pointing him like kamar usman's dominating these guys like i know the first time he fought masvidal he kind he kind of just he controlled um, had control up on the fence, a lot of foot stomps and all of that. But when he fought Colby Covington, that was a battle. And Colby Covington's given given him his toughest test so far. Yeah. But that was a battle. Knocked him out, um, or TKO, however you want to call it. But then to put Masvidal absolutely just asleep, they said he hadn't been finished since 2009. And it was a submission. Yeah. I don't know that he's ever he's been. He's never been knocked out. Yeah. So... He just knocked out a guy that's never been knocked out, and he and Usman's a wrestler. He's not considered a striker. Yeah, but that was one of the main things though, that I was saying how much he's improved since they first fought last podcast, and it was mainly because of the way he was able to outstrike Gilbert Burns and not Gilbert Burns out. It was like, well, after that, it was like, it's like I guess I don't know. It's like so much improved. He's one of the better 
technical strikers in the UFC as far as mm-hmm. his technique is there. It's like his, he's got advanced boxing as far as his movement and um, the way he sets up his shots. It's like there's not many guys in the UFC that I would consider to have that that level of boxing. Yeah, no, I agree. Um I mean, I'm I'm very interested to see the rematch with Colby Covington, but even you and you you love Colby Covington. Like you've been watching him for a while. Even you said you don't know that he's really got much of a chance. Yeah, I mean, he It's going to be an, an interesting fight cuz they that's who who's going to fight next. I mean, I just don't see how you could pick against Usman. Well, I don't see who else Usman would fight that you would. It's like this is the fight everybody wants to see. Oh no, I think it's obvious because it was such a close fight going into that fifth round. You're saying like you don't know if they're going to run it back. This no, next- I'm saying I if they didn't, I'd be shocked. No, yeah, that's. I think that's why Colby was there. They put the camera on him right away. They're hyping that up. Already. So I mean, Colby Covington made easy work of Woodley in his last fight, and then he hasn't fought in a while. But I mean. He's saying that he's been working on things. I mean, we haven't really got to see him. But um, there's going to be more pressure on him in this fight to avoid being being hit by Usman mm-hmm. than it was in the first fight. I think in the first fight, nerves got the best of Colby Covington. And I think that the best Colby Covington could have beat Usman that day. But Usman's much better now, so yeah. So Colby I don't Covington, really know how much of a chance he has. Colby Covington's if gonna he's, have to improve, like yeah. you said earlier. He's got to he's got to vastly improve because Usman gets better every single time he steps in steps in the octagon. So that was, I mean, that was extremely extremely impressive, um, and that finished off my parlay. So I hit a, I hit a solid parlay with Uriah Hall, Shevchenko, Nama Yunus, and then Kamaru Usman. Um, but yeah, I, I don't even know what the record was like of picks we gave out. I don't really remember. I don't know if you do. Um, well, you were like kind on Masvidal. I was saying yeah for the value. Yeah, I yeah I I said Usman. I, if I had to pick who I thought was really going to win, I said Usman. But for the value plus three thirty three fifty whatever it was, I said I would take a shot on yeah. Masvidal. Yeah, um, which I did straight up. But then I bet I had Usman in my parlay. So that was what I wanted to hit more than anything. But I know I I, I know I took Uriah Hall. Um, I don't know if I followed you with Nami Yunus. I didn't touch Shev, Shevchenko or Anthony Smith. But, yeah, I don't know if I followed you with Nami Yunus on the podcast. But, obviously, I did end up betting it. But, nonetheless, it was a profitable UFC 261. And I would say that this was one of the most exciting fight cards in a long time. And it was perfect timing because it was the first full-packed arena since COVID. Yeah, well, every fight. Um, none of the main car fights went the distance. Yeah, and that's always good. That always makes for exciting fights. Everybody was going crazy. It really was. It was awesome. It was awesome. Jake Paul was ringside. There's chanting "fuck Jake Paul." <laughs> yeah. Um, you know he's loving that. Daniel Cormier went over and got in his face. Said he'd smack the shit out of him. That was interesting. Um, I I. I I almost wish he would have just smacked the shit out of him. That yeah, so way. does Jake Paul. No, yeah, definitely. Sue everybody. And <laughs> Stop. He's not going to sue him. Oh, I, I think would. He would sue I'd him. sue the UFC if I got hit by Daniel Cormier. I would either. I would threaten to sue and then say, 
you, I'd settle gonna, for ten million. No, I'd say you're gonna let me fight and <laughs> yeah. handpick who you want to who you want to pick to to box. Because Dana White's saying he's gonna sue them if they keep trying to entice people to come box them while they're under a UFC contract. Yeah, that is a good idea. So he's no, he said he's already sent documents to like their legal team and shit. I don't blame him. I mean, you're making these guys not want they're under contract, making them not want to fight for your promote for his promotion. Because I mean, they are offering him more money, so the money seems to be following uh, Jake Paul and the pimples on his face. Um, but all right, we'll move on to the NFL draft. Uh, last year, if you remember, we I hit big on Henry Ruggs' first wide receiver off the board. Um, did you take Clyde first running back? I know you took Justin Jefferson. Um, no, I didn't. I thought you hit something. No. I don't remember hitting anything. Really? I it d- should have been Justin Jefferson. I mean, let's well, be yeah, honest. In hindsight, but if it wasn't. these it scouts knew what the fuck they were doing. Yeah, I know. I thought it was like the over under, like where Justin Jefferson goes. No, it was like every. I was big on Justin Jefferson going into the draft, and uh, obviously I was right only if the NFL knew how to draft <laughs> players. Well. It took Henry Ruggs, and it was like plus 800. So I remember hitting that, and that was fantastic. Um, but, yeah, so obviously everybody knows Jaguars are picking first. They've ever, it, It's pretty much a guarantee they're taking Trevor Lawrence. Um, but so then followed by that, it looks like Zach Wilson has become the consensus number two pick to go to the New York Jets, which sucks for him. We're very big on Zach Wilson. But, but so, at least it's new management and shit. Yeah, that's true. Um, With Robert Salah. Right. That is true. I forgot they got the D coordinator from uh, the 49ers. So that's a good pickup. I do like him. I think he's a good coach. Um, so number three, first question is, you think Mac Jones goes three? You think it's a guarantee? Yeah. No questions asked. Um, it'd be a surprise if he didn't. Do you feel like he should? No. Me neither. So why? So San Francisco's picking three. Uh, the report out right now is that they're – deciding between Mac Jones or Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, um, which is where Carson Wentz went to school. Uh, good shoes to follow in. Why? What makes anybody think that Mac Jones is going to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, well, I don't get why they aren't trying to ride with Garoppolo. Me neither. But that's my point. So what is what is Mac Jones's ceiling? Is it that much higher than Garoppolo's? I think that Mac Jones, I don't know, maybe there's more of a leadership-like... Um, Qualities out of Mac Jones? Yeah, maybe. I think that like him being like... I don't know, I just heard stories of him like always being like um, a gritty guy. Like Even when he first got to Alabama, he wasn't a highly recruited guy going to Alabama or anything, but he was... Yeah. They were talking about him in a spring game one year when it was Tua was there and Jalen Hurts was there and it and Mac Jones got his chance at the end and was and was talking trash and all that. So it's like there could be an aspect there that they they really like, um, mm-hmm. like him being able to rally people and stuff like that. Maybe Garoppolo's more of a laid back, yeah, like not one of the vocal, not leaders. taking charge and the when the moment's the biggest yeah. type thing. But it's like, do you take a guy number three because of that? Well, they moved up to three to pick a quarterback. Yeah. And I think it, it's a mistake 
to move up if you're not getting Trevor Lawrence or um so if you're or, or Zach Wilson. Yeah. So if you're picking at three, who are you taking? Um, well, if I was like the 49ers and I was like, all right, I'm done and I'm done with Garoppolo, then I'd pick Fields. Okay. Um, cause I think it's pretty clear that he's the third best quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really get the love around Mac Jones. It's like how much of it was, how much of it was Mac Jones or was it the receivers? Because people try to say the same thing about Burrow. And I think that was just the perfect mixture. That was Incredible best receivers in the country, incredible best quarterback in the country. Whereas I lean more to, I think it was more the receivers than it was. Mac Jones, good. I think Mac Jones can be a solid quarterback, but he was throwing to Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. Uh, I'm, I couldn't tell you the other guys off the top of my head, but I'm sure we're going to know them very quickly early in the next season for Alabama. Um, it's like how much was it Mac Jones lighting it up and how much was it the fact that he could give it to Devontae Smith and let him go score a touchdown? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think – yeah, that's why I'm – I think Mac Jones is a really good quarterback, but I think he's the fourth best in the draft. Yeah. So, it's like I think he – I think Justin Fields is clearly a better prospect than Mac Jones, and I don't understand what exactly – a lot of these people are seeing that I'm that I don't see. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I was the 49ers, I would be like infatuated with Fields' arm strength and his accuracy with the ball because and, 49ers and the fact that he runs a four four in the forty. Yeah, that, but mainly because of uh, the 49ers' offense with the way they run the ball. Then, bam, play action, touchdown, bam. Yeah. It's like. I don't know. They're they're gonna they're gonna want to move the quarterback outside the pocket a little bit in um, San Francisco. It's like Mac Jones is more mobile than I originally thought he was. That I saw in the college football playoff, mm-hmm. um, his ability to maneuver the pocket is better than I I thought it would be. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think that if like I just I don't see why people are passing up on Fields. Yeah, I think they were saying there were some character issues there, yeah. um, which everybody loves to say that Mac Jones has like three DUIs. So um, that's a character issue in a sense. Um, so, yeah, no, I don't really I don't really get that either. Well, he's a drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what Justin Fields showed in the college football playoff, I felt like was the most impressive thing from last football season. Um, the way he played – fought through injury, getting hurt in that game, battling back, putting some of those throws in the tightest of windows possible. Um, I felt like that should have solidified him. Honestly, I mean, you can make an argument number two, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you get – the main thing is, like, you look at uh, the system at Ohio State and the quarterbacks that have come out of that system and had success. It's, It's like Dwayne Haskins. Hasn't been very good in the NFL. He was really good at Ohio State. Yeah, he sucks in the NFL. Um, but he was also with Washington. Yeah, but um, but yeah. Then before that, Cardell Jones. Uh, the biggest thing I'm more I'm worried about with um, Fields is like if he's gonna try to hold on to the ball and do too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I mean, but that all have, have, it's like coaching at the next level is gonna be different. It's like you can adapt. You're seeing Lamar Jackson be able to totally change away the game 
has played at the quarterback position and have success. So, I mean, I don't know. To me, just Justin Fields as a prospect, the athleticism, the arm strength, the deep yeah, I mean, ball accuracy. Sh- yeah, it's he's like, shown he can throw a gorgeous deep ball. He, he should- can make all the throws. It's like sideline to sideline. He could throw it on yeah. a rope. So it's like. And then you add in the 4-4 speed. It's like, okay, sign me up. Um, Yeah, which I'm not totally sold on that time. What do you mean? You think it wasn't accurate? Yeah. You think he's slower? I think a lot of people said they ran four threes and four. Well, was it on lasers or stopwatches? It was for stopwatch. It was? I thought they yeah. brought out the lasers. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I know LSU's pro day was ran on stopwatches. I'm pretty sure Bama brought out the lasers, so I don't know if Ohio State did or not. What happens is um, the scouts will go there to the, to a pro day. But whatever, if he's running And they'll all four, have their own stopwatch. Yeah. So I'm sure there's diff- different times yeah. than... All that means team. though is he's fast. Like you know, he's pretty fast, but I mean he's four four. I don't know. Okay, four five, still fast. Yeah, that's still pretty damn fast. That's like Cam Newton fast was. I mean, yeah, but and that's what I would say about how fast he is. I think he's faster than Cam now, but not when Cam. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to see him foot race, but <laughs> well, you can't because Cam Newton's old now. I'm not. Ta- I'm saying I would have liked to see them foot race. I'm not saying right. Well, Cam now. Newton ran his on the lasers. Yeah, well, do we know it was a 4-4? It was a 4-5 on lasers. I mean, that's what I mean, 4-5. Yeah, I don't know. Field, I don't know. Field is fast. When he gets into the open field, he takes off. So, I don't know. I think I think he's faster than, than Auburn Cam Newton. I don't. I mean, we'll, ne- we'll never be able to compare it, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know that Cam's got him beat. He may, but... Um, all right, Trey Lance is obviously one of the popular um, popular quarterbacks. He's one of those enigma quarterbacks where you don't know what you're really going to get. It's a ton of upside. Uh, hadn't played any competition. Literally played one game in this past season due to COVID. Um, what are your thoughts on Trey Lance? I think pass, pass. Yes. Why? It's just a dude. The competition at he's got a cra- crazy arm talent. That level is not there. No, definitely not. But so when I watch these FCS games, or it used to be, they used to be. I'm pretty sure they're FCS now, but they, they were Division Two back when Carson Wentz and shit. It's like you watch these games, and you're going to see a clear discrepancy in talent level that you're going against. So, yeah. so there's a lot of. He's a good prospect because of size and uh, arm talent and all that, but. I don't know. To me, I guess I would say he's the fifth best quarterback, but I just I wouldn't listen to anybody trying to make an argument that he's better than Mac Jones or or Justin Fields. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I don't see how you you roll the dice on him over. Like like if you love the athleticism, Justin Fields has the athleticism. So. And he did it against better competition. So that brings me to my first bet. I've got four bets that I'm taking on draft night. I may add more. If I do, I'll put them on Twitter. Uh, first bet, Trey Lance over six and a half. Over pick six and a half. So seven or above. Plus 155. So he's favored to go six or less. I mean, if you break it down, you look at, you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Zach Wilson, and then you got, it's looking like Mac Jones. It was the consensus favorite was Mac Jones going to number three. Um, I think to bet that, it's like a crazy amount. It's almost a guarantee, it seems. It's like minus 1,200. For what? Mac Jones going number three. Was that what it is Or, or who's the third pick? 
yeah, I think Mac Jones was like minus twelve hundred. Um, then you got four. You got the Falcons. Do the Falcons take Trey Lance and try to get the successor to Matt Ryan? I don't think so. I think they're going to go with Kyle Pitts. Um, if not, then somebody may trade up there to take Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is one of those generational talents. Size, speed, uh, ability to attack the ball while it's in the air. I was huge on Kyle Pitts going in the last college football season. He made me look like a genius. So I think he probably goes four. If not to Atlanta, somebody should trade up. Then you got five, Cincinnati, six, Miami. Neither one of them need a quarterback, obviously. Burrow, Tua. Um, so I'm going to go over. Getting plus money, I'll take a shot on the over six and a half for Trey Lance. What do you think? Yeah, I'm on a bet as well. Are you? Yeah. And it's just because, um, you know, they're saying Atlanta could trade out. Yeah. So that's where you worry about. If someone does really like Lance, that needs a quarterback. Also, also too, you heard the report that Atlanta's potentially shopping Julio Jones. Yeah. So they could look to fill that spot with a receiver. Right. I mean, they got Ridley. I don't know, dude. It's just like if you had Ridley, Julio Jones, and Kyle Pitts all on the field at the same time, you're like, oh, yeah. You're talking about what's the most dangerous weapons in the NFL. And then you have Matt Ryan still, so it's like, why not take another chance with him? If you suck again, then you got another high pick. Yeah, for real. With a stud uh, receiving core for, you you know. Yep. No, yeah, I agree. So, But the way I see it is I think I know that um, Lawrence and then Wilson will be two, 100%, one and two, 100%. Mm-hmm. Three. You can probably say it's a hundred percent that Mac Jones is going to get picked by the Forty Niners. Ninety nine, yeah. And then number four, um, I don't think Atlanta. They're talking about them maybe trading out of this spot, but I don't think they do. I think if I was Atlanta and I needed, to, if I was thinking about getting rid of Matt Ryan, I'd pick Justin Fields. Yeah, but um. Yeah, I mean, if they do go Kyle Pitts, then I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, Panay Sewell will go to the Bengals. Which brings... From what I hear is that they like him. There's been reports going around that... Well, he's the best offensive lineman. It's not even close. But there's been reports going around that Burrow wants Jamar Chase, which I don't blame him. I don't know that those reports are valid, though. That could just be like somebody putting out rumors. Um so I don't know. I don't know what to believe um, with that, but that brings me to my second bet, and it is Panay Sewell under five and a half plus one forty-five. You're getting plus money. He's the best offensive lineman in the draft. They have to protect Joe Burrow, or you wasted a pick on a guy who's coming off of an ACL injury. He's not going to be able to run for his life like he did last year. Also, it's going to be the same outcome. You have to protect him. So as much as I would love to see Jamar Chase in Cincinnati catching touchdowns from his college football teammate. Uh, I feel like they got to go offensive line here. So I'm going to go Sewell under five and a half. Are you on this as well? Yeah, that was what I was getting, yeah. Um, I mean, there's one other guy, I can't remember his name, who's like the other potential offensive lineman to be taken. I can't remember his name. But, um, I mean, this dude, he's out of Oregon. They've been talking about this dude for like two years. So uh, getting plus money, plus 145, I feel like that you got to go with that. Um yeah, because I'm pretty sure, I mean, I guess I could see 
I don't think Pitts is going to be there at five. And then, okay, with I just think that the need here is a O line. Mm-hmm. It's like if you picked something else, you you're really kind of doing the whole team an injustice. Even though if you do get Chase, you're relinking with Burrow, and that could be something serious. But I mean, it all starts in the trenches every time. Yeah, definitely. We saw that in the Super Bowl. You got to have offensive linemen, or you're not going to win football games. It's the most important position on the field behind quarterback. Um. All right. What's your next pick? How many total do you have? That's two so far. Yeah, I have like um, three more. Okay. Or two more. I've got two more as well, so you can go first. I'm going with the first running back as Najee Harris. I think the odds is minus 350. I think that it's pretty safe. I'd be shocked if, if he wasn't the first running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like we- last year was kind of a toss-up, and then it was uh, an underdog, like – it wasn't expected. It to be was Clyde. unexpected to be Clyde, but um, I think this year it's more. I think it's clearer this year, yeah, because of. There's no player that returned to college football for their senior season that did more for themselves than Najee Harris this past year. Yeah, he built his stock up for sure. So, and I just think like, the versatility, the strength. The ability to cut, find the hole, and accelerate, it's all there. It's like what you want from a running back. He can play all three downs. So, I mean, to me, he's really the uh, overall the best total package for a running back. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm going to stay away from that one. But another one I'm taking is it's kind of a long shot. Over five and a half quarterbacks taken in the first round, plus 375. Five quarterbacks are guaranteed, just about. Um, obviously, Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, Trey Lance, and then Justin Fields. So then you're based, you're betting on who who's the other guy going to be. Um, you've got who is it? You got Jamie Newman, who's in the draft. It's not a it's not some big name guys for sure, but you got Jamie Newman. Um, What's the number? Five and a half. Okay. So Jamie Newman, Kellen Mond. Um, well, if Trask somehow. Trask, potentially. There's another guy in there, I can't remember his name. There's uh, Shane Buchel out of SMU. Nobody's going to take a shot on him in the first round. That would be silly. Um, no, I think you'd be an idiot to pick Newman and uh, uh, Jamie Newman in the first round. He's one of the he's one of the um, he's one of the prospects though being considered. Yeah, it's like for what? <laughs> like, I mean. They must think he's got NFL talent. I uh, guess. When he sat out because he wasn't going to play at Georgia. Yeah. Saw how good Georgia quarterbacks were. Um, but, yeah, I would say because you, you get the extra year um, on the rookie deals if you do a first-round pick. So I could see a team I could see if trading back into the is first Is another round. quarterback, like, outside of the top five that we think are going to go in the first round? I think it's um, Kyle Trask. Yeah, I would say so. Because there was a team, and I forget who it was. I got a notification earlier. That had him ranked higher. Um, higher than who, Mac Jones? Than one of the top five quarterbacks that yeah. everyone's talking about. Yeah, so I, it's kind of a long shot. It's the longest shot uh, out of the bets that I have. Um, but the the critical thing is that you get an extra year on the rookie deal for first-round draft picks. Uh, team option deal. So 
I'm taking a risk on somebody trading back in there late in the first round to go scoop a, scoop a quarterback. Um, and we'll see what happens, plus 375. And then um, the last one I have is over four and a half wide receivers. You know Jamar Chase, you know Devontae Smith, you know Jalen Waddle. So then that's three right there. There's going to be another one taken, guaranteed, whether it's Elijah Moore, Kadarius Toney, um, Terrace Marshall Jr., Bateman out of Minnesota. So then you need one more. Um, I think it'll be Chase, Smith, Waddle, and Tony because Tony's kind of that – he's kind of like – I don't know who I would compare him to, honestly, but almost like a poor man's Devontae Smith, I feel. like. Yeah, he's like a slower – a little slower, yeah. Tyreek Hill, kind of. Exactly. And Tyreek Hill was in my head, but I didn't know how crazy of a comparison that would have been. What would have been. He's not as fast, but I mean. But he's like that playmaker, though. Like, he's always, yeah, he'll go up and he get He gets it. the ball yeah. in his hands and good stuff happens. So I think that's four. And then I think we both agree that Terrace Marshall should be a first-round draft pick. Terrace Marshall is a very underrated receiver. Um, what he did this year at LSU was extremely underappreciated. I mean, he lit it up in the small sample size that he showed us. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if somebody takes a shot on him at wide receiver as well. But this is this is expected to happen. So you also got Bateman, who a lot of people like out of, I believe, Minnesota. But this is minus 400. Um, this is not like – I mean, you got to risk a good bit on this, but I feel like this is as big of a guarantee out of any of the bets that I've given out. So uh, Yeah, but, uh Terrace Marshall would be my fourth. Yeah. No, I would take him over Kadarius Tony. I just think people are kind of enamored with that style of I wide think receiver I, right now. So it's like you look at the size, the speed, the route running. It's like he's not as good as Justin Jefferson in my opinion, but mm-hmm. you talk about like didn't he have like five touchdowns in he's one game? He's not as twitchy. Yeah, he's this very good. Year? He's not as twitchy. He's a smooth route runner. Yeah. I'm trying to like find a comparison. Like, I don't want to say Jerry Rice, but it's kind of like that type of a route running. Where what about like a Keenan Allen? Yeah, but it's like that type of smooth route running that just it's so crisp, but oh, it's yeah. not twitchy. Yeah. but it creates separation. That's a type of route running you're you're gonna get from Marshall. Yeah, it's smooth. It doesn't look like he's like fucking going. Yeah, it's not like he's like yeah. doing a bunch of stuff. It's like quick cuts. It's like and yeah. but that creates efficient movements, not a lot of movements. Um yeah, I mean as a like a today comparison, I would say like or maybe I would say maybe even like a better Tyler Boyd. Yeah. So no yeah, I think he should go first round. You you were talking about him before anybody else was really. So but like they <laughs> earlier I mean, I think people have come around, but they were talking. I think no, I'm t- yeah, I'm Rashad Bateman's overrated. No, I agree. And they were talking about him being the fourth best wide receiver prospect, and I'm like, y'all are tripping. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I don't think he's very good either, but I think somebody probably will take a shot on him, if not in the first round, early in the second round. Um, but yeah, so over four and a half wide receivers minus 400. That would probably be, I mean, it doesn't, obviously, the odds dictate that that should be the pick I'm most confident in, but I really like that one. And I really like Trey Lance over six and a half plus plus one fifty five. Um they all kind of they all kind of coincide with one another. If Trey Lance is there, if he if he does go over six and a half, then that means Kyle Pitts probably went four, which then means the Bengals are probably going to take Sewell at five. So 
it's all kind of this has to happen so then that can happen and then that can happen and then we're winner 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 um but all right what's your what's your next one um first defensive player drafted this is a tough one because i like in my head i really think it's going to be certain Patrick Sertain's the favorite, correct? Yeah, but I do see the value in Micah Parsons being as versatile of a player as he is. Linebacker out of Penn State. He can rush a passer. He can play all over. He's kind of like the Isaiah Simmons Mm -hmm. from last draft, but he ended up falling. (laughs) Who, Simmons? Yeah, a little bit. I was kind of surprised by that, but then you also you really didn't hear very much from him that last year. Yeah. So um, he was that guy linebacker. They could have moved him to safety. They, he could do all kinds of different stuff. Yeah, Michael Parsons didn't play much this year or at all because he sat out. But um, yeah, I mean that would be a name to consider at plus one ninety five. Mm-hmm. I would take a chance on it because you're almost getting two to one. Yeah, and then you just you never know what a team needs. You know, yeah, that's going to be picking. So um, and then the other one would be. It's a head-to-head type thing. Who gets picked first, Javante Williams or Travis Etienne? And I'm gonna go with Javante Williams. So you're 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 very low on Etienne. Yeah, I think Etienne's a guy that slips a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, in do my you think opinion, either of them go in the first round, or do you think Javante Williams goes in the first round? Um, no. I would say no, without a doubt, no. No, and the the reason is is just because like when you're looking at running back, um, Javante Williams just turned twenty one uh-huh. two days ago, so you know you're you looking at him and you're like, all right, well we got remind me again where did he play? North Carolina. Okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. So um, he was good. He was damn. Yeah, good. I mean. He, if you're looking for a running back to remind you of Clyde Edwards, yep, it's it's him. Yep. So, the verse he can play all three downs. Um, he's not he's not going to blow you away with his forty time or anything like that. But overall, really good football player. Um, I don't think that he's good enough to be picked in front of Najee Harris, but I do think he could be good enough to be picked in front of Travis Etienne, a player in my opinion who didn't do much to improve his stock coming back for a senior year yeah okay yeah i mean that's definitely one to keep an eye on um that's just the head-to-head matchup between those two correct yeah okay um do you have anything else um no that was the last one okay um if you're new orleans at pick 28 i don't know if we i don't think we touched on this uh pick 28 rolls around what do you do with that pick do you trade up and go for somebody in particular or if not who are you taking at 28 um, so it's kind of tough. I saw one fucking dude doing a mock draft. He was like JC Horn at 28. I said, Yeah, way to be way to hope, you know. It's like JC Horn to me is a guy that could be picked on top 15. If he got past 20, I'd be really surprised. Yeah, that's like saying we're getting Kyle Pitts at eight, the number yeah. 18 teams waiting for Kyle Pitts. So, I mean, if we don't trade up or anything, then just looking at, at the players. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of um, stock getting put into Xavier Collins mm-hmm. from Tulsa, and that's a player who I would love the Saints to be able to pick. Linebacker, correct? Right. Yeah. Oh, Xavier Collins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, to me, if he was there at 28 and I was the GM of the Saints, I'm picking him. Yeah. 
but it's like also in my head, I don't think he's going to be there at 28, but I mean, he could be because it just doesn't seem like a whole lot of mock drafts have him mm-hmm. going before that. Um, so, I mean, that's who I'd really want. He's a big frame linebacker. He can run sideline to sideline. It's like you don't really get a lot of these, a lot of players like him mm-hmm. coming out. And to be able to get him in the second half or late in the first round, I think that would be a steal. Yeah. No, yeah, he's definitely one of the top defenders in the draft. Uh, we watched Tulsa quite a few times this year, and they had a damn good defense. Um, obviously, he was the main reason why. Um, yeah, if he plays against Mississippi State, Tulsa wins that bowl game. That game was so aggravating. <laughs> that was the most aggravating game of the year, one of them. Um, yeah, honestly, I feel like I always have a good grasp every year of who I think we're going to take, like who we're probably going to take. Obviously, Cesar Ruiz was not the guy who I thought last year. Um, and pretty sure it wasn't Justin Jefferson on the board. Yeah. Yeah, should have went that route. Um, yeah, I mean – yeah. Cesar Ruiz did not. It was no Eric McCoy. No, the year before. but we hit on Eric McCoy. Cesar Ruiz might might come into his own, but it, no, I mean, I want us to pick Jefferson. Yeah. Um. So I honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I have no idea. I don't know what I would do. I don't know what's realistic. Um. If Fields is there, Chris Sims, who's a moron, I'm pretty sure Chris Chris Sims is a cokehead. Um. He had Fields dropping all the way to 32, to uh, Tampa. So doubt it um if by some chance justin fields is there at 28 you need to take justin fields yeah you got to take him yeah i mean there's a few things if you see justin fields slip past 15 do you trade up and go try to get him yeah i mean look i think the saints they like will uh winston and they think Taysom hill could possibly be something who knows but i won't i like winston so i mean but if, if you get a Winston's chance, the starter for anybody out there still considering who's it's going to be, or oh, is it going to be? T- no, it's not going to be Taysom. If you get a chance, to me, I don't think that maybe the corner, the talent of cornerback available there, is going to be that good. And unless if somebody slips, like Tre'Davious White slipped, yeah, to twenty-seven, and he shouldn't have. Um, one of the best corners in the league. Yeah, so it's like, unless if somebody like that slips through the cracks. Then I would try to go for for Collins at linebacker, and then if he's not there, then maybe you start looking for um, a wide receiver. Yeah. I don't know who would be there at 28. Obviously none of the top three. Um, maybe Terrace Marshall, though. Yeah. Very very possibly. Um, one, one mock draft had us trading up to go for Caleb Farley. Actually, no, somebody put out a report that the Saints are very interested in trading up for Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech. It just came out that he's got issues with his vertebrae. He has numbness in his toes. That's not good. That's not a good sign. That's not a guy I would take a chance on, to be honest. He is one of the best corners. You can make an argument that he's the best corner in this draft. I think it's certain, um, but you can make an argument that it's Farley. I don't think that I would take a chance on a guy with that kind of injury history. Um, that's not something you want to be battling coming into your rookie season. So, But personally, I really don't know. I'm going to just say Fields. If Fields is there, take Fields. You have to. But I have absolutely no idea what we're going to do. Will we trade up? Maybe. Um, will we stay at 28? Equally chance of maybe. I have no idea. Um, I'll be very interested to see. This year is going to be a little different. This year there's that excitement. There's no expectations, really. People are expecting us to 
there's no high expectations. People are expecting us to be an eight and eight team. Yeah, if like if I think that the Saints are going to make the playoffs. Personally, I think we will too. I think Jameis is going to have a good year. I do. Um, I think Sean Payton's going to take this as a challenge. Sean Payton without Drew Brees, what's his record? He lost one game without Drew Brees. Um, in the last couple years, yeah, like since he got in that injury history, um, like meaningful game, obviously not like when we sat him the Super Bowl year after we lost to Dallas. Um, so yeah, no, I think he's gonna have. We're all gonna have chips on our shoulders, the entire team. Um, I'm very excited. It's that excitement of what's gonna happen. Uh, what will we look like? It's going to be a new a new look Saints team just because there's not going to be number nine under center. So I'm excited. I'm very looking for, very much looking forward to the draft to see what we do, but I honestly have no idea. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we got number two back under center, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully he's a little bit better than the last number two. Um, so, yeah, do you you that's all your picks, correct? Yeah. All right, so to recap mine, um, Trey Lance over 6.5 plus 155. Pinay Sewell under 5.5 plus 145. Over 5.5 quarterbacks plus 375, taking a chance there. And then over 4.5 wide receivers minus 400. That'll be my four picks that I'm rolling with for the uh, 2021 NFL draft. Anything else I will put out on Twitter. Uh, you can recap your picks real quick. Um, First running back taken, I'm going with Najee Harris. It's minus 350. The first defensive player taken, I'm going with Micah Parsons, plus 195. Doing the Trey Lance over 6.5, plus 155. Panay Sewell, under 5.5, plus 145. And then I'm going with Javante Williams, drafted before Travis Etienne, plus 180. Okay. I like it. Um. So, yeah, we'll see what we can do. We'll see if we can um, win some money on a draft night, kick back, see who the Saints take, just enjoy it. Football is, I mean, we're going to be hitting training camp soon, and then football will be back before you know it. Um, You got anything else to say before we wrap up episode 81? Nope. All right, Big Easy Bets. We'll be back after after the draft to recap, and, uh, I mean, whatever else is going on, we'll talk about it. Uh, Episode 81, that'll do it. Y'all have a good one. Who dat?